Welcome to Heart to Heart, a Horizon-produced podcast. My name is Christina Pearl, and today we are discussing education and awareness around mental health in children and adolescents. We are sitting down with one of our counselors who specializes in children's counseling with a focus today on anxiety disorders. Today, Faith will speak to how to identify anxiety in children and adolescents, along with learning how to help and support, the benefits of counseling, and how to have conversations with your children as well. Faith, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. We're really looking forward to this episode. Would you first be able to tell us a little bit about yourself, your role at Horizon, your expertise leading up to coming to Horizon, and kind of your credentials and what you like to focus on? So my name is Faith, as was mentioned. I am an MSW. In terms of my specialties, I do primarily focus on working with children and adolescents. I worked at the YMCA um, for a couple years doing before and after school care and summer camp. And then my first internship in my MSW was at a Buffalo public school working with preschool through fourth grade children. And I'm primarily interested in working with anxiety disorders and that kind of spectrum of mental health. That's great. What great experience you've had in so many different areas. And I think you could probably answer this for us as well. We see that mental health and, you know, depression and anxiety affects so many young adults and adults and seniors. And we're really seeing the effects in children and adolescents. You know, so what does what does anxiety look like in children and adolescents? What does it look like? What should families and loved ones be? you know, looking to observe. Yeah, absolutely. When thinking about anxiety disorders, people tend to jump to what it looks like in maybe older adolescents or adults. But when we're talking about young children, it does tend to look a little bit different. Kids can have sometimes what we call internalized anxiety, where their symptoms are kind of internally happening. And those can come out as like frequent stomach aches, headaches, maybe some kind of pain complaints, more like physiological symptoms. Okay. Um, Some kids, on the other hand, can be more external. So we'll see more aggression, kind of angry outbursts, temper tantrums, things like that. So it can really fall across the spectrum of symptoms for kids, for sure. Absolutely. How would you say that counseling helps that? And, you know, what are the benefits? What do you see as being the impact? With young children, it's important to remember that kids don't automatically have the words to use to tell adults that they're feeling anxious. You know, when you're an adult and you've learned what anxiety feels like, it's easy to say, hey, I'm feeling anxious. This is what I need help with, which is why we often see kids complaining of things like headaches and stomach aches and acting out because it's the way that they know how to communicate. Right. So through counseling, children and adolescents can learn what emotions feel like in their body. You know, if I have a headache, does that mean that I might be feeling anxious? And how to tell an adult or someone they trust that that's the emotion they're feeling and what they need to kind of get through it and start to feel better. That's great. It comes across differently for every child and every adolescent and at different times. With everything that's been happening with COVID and with many of, you know, people's children and teens and really just everybody being home more, 
Mm-hmm. I can imagine that this has probably shown family members and loved ones that there might be some underlying issues or they might be recognizing things more since they're around their children more, you know, not mm-hmm. maybe being at school or in daycare. So have you seen an increase in the anxiety amongst children, especially over the last couple of months? Have you seen an increase in worrisome parents? What have, what have you seen, especially over the last couple of months, you know, given everything with COVID? Absolutely. I think what I've noticed more often with children is that the change in how school is going to be working has caused a lot of anxiety for school-age children and adolescents. You know, they're not able to see their friends every day in the same building. They're not able to do those after-school clubs that they have been looking forward to and that they're feeling some anxiety around those changes, whether they're able to say it or not. Sure. And I'm also finding that with especially young children who've been home all of this time, you know, since, you know, maybe going into quarantine in March, that there's some almost separation anxiety symptoms happening of thinking about, oh, man, I have to be away from, you know, this trusted adult that I've been spending all of this time with. And that's anxiety provoking for them, too. That's such a good point. And, you know, you think about the separation anxiety, you know, from being separated from their normal routine and whether that's, you know, in school with their friends and their teachers and the activities that they've participated in. But now they're in such a safe space. Mm-hmm. And now it's, oh, wait, I have to, you know, I have to go back to school and I don't right. know what that's going to look like. And that might look a lot differently, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even things like, Wearing a mask can can cause anxiety for some kids. And, you know, working with parents on how to manage, you know, those behaviors and and those mood changes that they might see in their kids. Right, right. That's such a good point. How would you say parents or guardians can help their child or adolescent with, with their anxiety? You know, obviously we always want people to know that there's help out there and we can talk about what therapy looks like now. But what are some tips that you can give parents or guardians to help their their loved one with working through the anxiety? I would say the first thing is to provide young children with the language that they need to tell you what's going on. You know, if you notice that you're that a child might be avoiding going to school or avoiding something that causes them anxiety, pointing it out to them and saying, "Hey, it seems like you're feeling a little nervous. Do you know what nervous means?" Um, and helping them, you know, say what it feels like in their body. Are they getting sweaty? Is their heart rate going really fast? So that they can connect what their body feels like to their emotion. And then helping them understand that if they feel anxious and need support, you know, how they can tell that trusted adult what they're feeling tends to be really helpful for kids just in knowing that they can tell someone what's going on. And I think that's such a great point you bring up is just kind of figuring out how best to start those conversations. And allow them to connect because, you know, as adults, as you said earlier, you know, we're sometimes able to verbalize how we're feeling. Sometimes we might not want to, or, but at least, you know, most of the time we have the ability to, to verbalize, we might be feeling a little off where young children and adolescents might not make that connection. So yeah, having, having that conversation, that's super helpful to put into perspective. Yeah, absolutely. What are, 
some of the more common things that you would say you've seen children and adolescents get anxious about? Children and adolescents can get anxious about a very large spectrum of things. I would say with adolescents, it tends to be related to school, peers, kind of that more social anxiety of what are my peers thinking of me? What are teachers thinking of me? Adults thinking of me? With young kids, a lot of the time it's things like that separation anxiety of I really don't want to be away from this this trusted person. And then it really depends too on, you know, the things that they're afraid of. With some kids, you might not even know that they're an anxious child until they're faced with the thing they've been worrying about. So it could be being afraid of dogs and then being exposed to a dog and noticing, man, my child is really afraid right now. Right. But I would say school and peers tend to be a common theme along with that like separation anxiety. Yeah, that makes sense. When it comes to counseling and, and you know, therapy and the option of that, what what does that look like? You know, obviously, again, it might look differently than it would for a young adult or an adult per se. So mm-hmm. what does the counseling piece look like when it comes to possibly bringing in a child or an adolescent? And especially now with teleoptions, you know, mm-hmm. how does that how does that work? Something to remember when working with children is that Children's main form of language is play, much like an adult would talk in therapy to share what's going on. A child tends to show that best through playing. That can be playing board games. It could be doing puppet shows. They can express a lot through those normal activities that they do. So a lot of times counseling with children can look very playful. I've done puppet shows over telehealth, kind of talking about emotions and giving advice to the puppets on what to do if they're feeling anxious. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really fun. And sometimes it's reading books about anxiety and letting the child reflect on what they've learned or what they're noticing in the character's face. You know, does this character look anxious? Right. And really the foundation of it can be similar to what we use with adults. We tend to use cognitive behavioral therapy with adults or CBT, which really just focuses on that connection between what we think and what we feel and what we do. But the way that we teach it to children might be different in that playful way. Right, right. That's amazing that we're able to, you know, connect on that level. And that's such a great point. You know, our main form is language. There's this play. So diving into and seeing what that looks like and then being able to maybe make some connections from that. Fascinating. What would you want to tell a parent who's listening today and you might be hesitant to make that call and, and, and perhaps verbalize that they're worried about their child? You know, it, it, it has to be a very, you know, overwhelming thought and there is so much support out there, so many resources. What would you say to a parent or a guardian that may be hesitant, but, you know, maybe maybe recognizing some some signs that, that have been developing? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is that their child and their family, um, whoever's involved, they aren't alone in what they're going through. One way I like to frame it to parents is that if it wasn't common, um, I wouldn't be able to tell you what it is. Right. Um, so, you know, letting them know that it's okay if your child is anxious or your child is experiencing mental health concerns, because even if they're a child, they're still human and they still experience the world in their own way. And also remembering that 
they can ask any questions that they need to during the process. You know, if there's questions and they don't understand what, you know, the meaning of a word is or, you know, the purpose behind having their child running around doing a scavenger hunt in session because it doesn't always seem like the logical activity. (laughs) Um, It's okay to say, hey, you know, what is this doing for my child? And and really remembering that you do know your child best. Um, You are the expert on what's going on in the home and you're allowed to voice that and advocate for your child the best that you can. That's a great point. And also something that you know, is so true. They know their children the best and there's just additional support and resources out there if, if needed. Right. And, you know, there's books and podcasts and, you know, questions that can be asked, you know, through support groups and things like that. So a lot of resources available and, you know, sometimes just nice to even just get that conversation started and provide a parent or family member with, possible thoughts and ideas for next steps. And if they decide to take that to to a session, then that's great. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot more choice in the counseling process than some people might realize that just because a counselor is recommending something doesn't mean you necessarily have to go in that direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a great point. I think just remembering that children are going to be anxious normally, like in their normal paths of development, it's not uncommon for kids to experience that separation anxiety because that's just part of where they are growing up. But what really is important to look out for is when it starts to become more of a problem and stops them from doing normal day-to-day tasks. If it starts to interfere with their ability to do school or feel comfortable in certain settings, that's usually the red flag that, hey, maybe my child needs a little bit of extra support. And that's and that's so helpful to know, you know, looking out for those red flags. And even though they might differ between children and ages and, and things like that, it's just, it's good to keep it top of mind. But to also, and to your point, n- normalizing that this is common mm-hmm. and it happens and there's additional resources and support out there for whenever anybody is ready. Absolutely. Thank you to Faith for sitting down with us today. We appreciate all who tuned in and hope this episode allowed you to see the vast support and resources available to children and families looking to find mental health support and education. You can always visit our website at horizon-health.org to learn more about our individual, group, and family counseling options available. Be sure to subscribe to Heart to Heart to stay up to date and informed on the latest resources, support, and education on the topics that matter most to our community. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn for continued conversation around mental health and substance use resources for those in need. Thank you for tuning in today.